0: This is the Dynasty Warzone, the
1: People's Dynasty podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis, and Jerry at JerrySendDFF.
0: What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and it is Memphis at DFF Memphis, and thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, as well as proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. But here he is, the uh, league, the listener league, putting together son of a gun. You know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power, at Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on, buddy?
1: Hey, so I got it together. I mean, that's the good news. It was not easy.
0: It was a struggle. I do have a full head of hair, but it will be gray soon. Uh, and, and that beard's got some gray in there. You're trying to uh, pull off my look, but uh, thanks everybody. the 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 first eleven in the listener league. We we know there's a few more. Uh, you'll be in the league with me. We'll have that up and running soon. We need to get a few more people in there. But how do you get in the league with me and a handful of others? It's real simple. Go over to iTunes, leave a five star review. All you have to do is leave those five stars and your Twitter handle in the comments. If you want to write some nice comments, like our friends uh, Big Dog, that's dog with two A's and two W's, so that's like Big Dog, and uh, a guy who must be a fan of Jerry Sinclair because he entitled his The Fan of the Hour. They both left five stars. If you guys are interested in uh, joining the Listener League, make sure you reach out to Jerry and I on Twitter, and you are way too kind. Uh, The Patreon... Feed is live. Just go to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. The first post is up, it's about a 30 minute podcast. I'm talking about wide receivers and why they're getting smaller. Uh, it's about 30 minutes, and yeah, go there and check that out. Uh, I believe it's pinned to the top of our dynasty warzone Twitter handle, which you can follow at dynasty warzone on Twitter and on Instagram. But tonight, we're going to bring our guest on a little bit early. I'm a little a little excited, Jerry. Are you excited for our guest? Oh, just bring him on. Just bring the man on. Our guest tonight is Doug Eddy, aka the Fantasy Father on Twitter, and he is known for co-hosting one of the best and OG Dynasty podcasts around, the Dynasty Happy Hour, with his homies Tyler Gunther and Tim Keller. But he also hosts the Trophy Time podcast, and he writes for the TFFGurus.com. Please welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, Mister. Doug, Eddie.
2: Hey, what's happening, guys? Happy I could be here this evening. It is my son's sixth birthday today, so I had some nice celebrating going on earlier. So I'm going to celebrate with you guys on this podcast. Let's
0: roll. No, let's roll. Now, if you're not listening to the Dynasty Happy Hour, shame on you. It is a great mm-hmm. podcast. They, they, they. I can tell you because I've been listening for so long. They record most Sunday evenings, and they re- they drop most Monday mornings. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, we literally record and then Tyler edits and puts it out like just after midnight. So the turnaround time is pretty quick. But yeah, that is accurate. That's our schedule, which has been tough because Game of Thrones, you know, there's only one more episode, the finale. I had to watch this one on uh, on the DVR this past week because we, uh, of recording times. But when things happen, especially during the season on Sunday nights, when my Patriots are playing on Sunday night and I have to miss the game, I, you know, I get a little extra salty on the podcast
0: uh yes you do and and I forgot to mention Justin Justin McCaslin that's correct right yes because you guys yeah, actually he's... have like a four-man booth and you guys rotate around
2: yeah he's our guy out of the bullpen so when I miss a show or Tim or Tyler can't be there we call in Justin and say hey get out here enter Sandman starts to play he walks out of the bullpen and here he comes right to the mound he's ready to go
0: now I have to assume with that accent and the fact that you're a Patriots fan that you're probably a Red Sox fan too
2: Wait, do I have an accent? Just a hair. I, 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 say, I say the
0: same thing. <laughs> I don't know you what don't you're talking about. So, I mean, that's good. Wicked that's,
2: hot. Oh, you're a Tommy Sweeney kid. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yes, I do enjoy the Red Sox. I'm not as big of a baseball fan as I used to be when I was a child. I used to watch all the Jim Rice, Dewey Evans, Roger Clemens with my dad. Um, baseball is just too boring for me now. <laughs> yep.
0: Well, but that is one thing we have in common. Now, I am a Red Sox fan and have been since I was nine years old. My favorite player was Roger Clemens. Yeah. And uh, I, I learned uh, what struggle was at a very young age. But hey, we've had Same a good here. run and good run in the 2000s. So uh, nothing about that. So uh, just going to jump into a little bit of news. But is there anything that you want to share with the people about what's going on with the Dynasty Happy Hour? I know you guys just redid your website. Anything like that?
2: Yeah, so we just redid the website on Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, we too have a Patreon, so you can search for that Dynasty Happy Hour on Patreon.com. We get an extra episode each week. It's usually twenty to thirty minutes. Sometimes we're just goofing on just life stuff, but we do have fantasy content in there too. Uh, it's it's uh, unedited, not unedited, but it's uh, explicit material. So that's always fun because I get to be like. I swear like a sailor in real life. So it's fun to be able to kind of let loose and let the frustrations flow through you on that particular uh, Patreon episode, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, we got that. Trophy time is more. We focus a lot on redraft, um, but we do focus on Dynasty in the off season. So we've been doing that every other week. My co-host on there, Joshua Trotta, Um, you can find him on Twitter at Trotta23. He just had a baby. So we're taking a couple weeks off uh, and then we'll be back with more content. And as far as TFF Gurus goes, Uh, My brother-in-law and I started the website a few years ago. Now we have a team of eight writers. Uh, We do the podcast uh, trophy time every week during the season and up until. And then uh, I do a separate podcast every week. It's kind of like my, not necessarily sit or start, but I go through every single game and give you like fantasy nuggets on almost every single fantasy relevant player. So I bring you that every week during the season too. And that's all free content over at TFFGurus.com. So definitely check that out too.
0: Yeah, I love shows like that where you break every game down and you give out those uh, those nuggets. But since, since you're a New England fan, I, I want to get into uh, some, a little bit of news. So here we go. This is the news. All right, this is the news. Josh McDaniels, you know him. He is the Patriots' offensive coordinator. He said that he is not sure of what the offense will look like now that Rob Gronkowski has retired. So I'm going to start with our guest. Doug, what do you think the Patriots' offense is going to look like now that uh, Gronk is a uh, retired tight end?
2: Well, I think just based on a couple of their draft picks, actually a few of their draft picks. So first of all, they take Nikhil Harry in the first round, which everyone loves, right? So he's gonna replace some of the size in the red zone that Gronk had. And they signed Dontrell Inman, who's six foot three. So they signed him. There's another guy with size. They draft Jacoby Myers. They didn't draft Jacoby Myers, but he's an undrafted free agent out of um, uh, South Carolina or NC State. I can't remember. One of the Carolinas. He's six foot one. They draft Damian Harris uh to, in essence, back up Sonny Michel, but I think he's gonna be their Short yardage back because Sony Michelle was not very good in that role last year. Um, I watched every pretty pretty much every snap of the Patriots. I think this is going to be a run heavy offense, and because Tom Brady isn't as good as he used to be, he still gets the job done. I'm not throwing shade at Tom Brady; he's won six Super Bowls, but you can see some of the polish coming off of Tom Brady's skills. He doesn't throw the deep ball as well as he, he used to. He's not quite as accurate as he used to be in medium uh, range as well. So I think it's going to be run the football a ton, and then they're going to use these big guys in the red zone without Gronk there. Because, I mean, Austin Safarian Jenkins isn't going to replace them. They signed Ben Watson. Um, spoiler alert. Hopefully put the cart in front of the horse. But, um, you know, who's a nice signing? But I really think they're going for size in the passing game and they are going to run the crap out of the football. They got Harris, they have Michelle, they still have James White, Rex Burkhead's still there for now. They drafted a couple of offensive linemen. They just signed Jared Valdir the other day. Um, They used to be with the Denver Broncos. So to me, this tells me their offense isn't going to change that much from last year where they ran the ball quite a bit. If not, it might be even more run-heavy in 2019.
0: So you you mentioned Damian Harris. So is there a Patriot that you're buying, and is there a Patriot that you're selling based on what you've seen so far in the offseason?
2: Um, I would say if I'm, if I'm contending for a title, I'm trying to acquire Julian Edelman relatively affordable because the path is still there for a metric ton of targets. Uh, so if I'm a win now team, I think Edelman is a rock solid wide receiver too. As far as like younger players, I am trying to acquire Damian Harris. He's going in the late second round in rookie drafts. I got him relatively affordable in my pigs two auction. I think he was like $70, which was actually less expensive than like a copy of, like Dexter Williams and Darwin Thompson went for it when it was all said and done, so I think Damian Harris. You know, if Sony Michelle goes down with an injury, Rex Burkhead is a fragile Freddie. He can't carry the ball twenty times a game. James White can't carry the ball twenty times a game. Damian Harris, one Michelle injury away from being a potential RB one in fantasy, and I, you can get him in the late second
1: round in most of your rookie drafts.
0: An easy, an easy trade target too. All right, Jerry. Anything to add? Are you targeting anyone in New England?
1: I don't know how you top uh, Doug's explanation of that whole situation, but uh, I you can see by the fact that they went Nikhil Harry in the first and they went Damian Harris that they did think there was a void on offense. Mm-hmm. I listen. I've been hoping and praying for Tom Brady's demise since about 1999 as a Michigan State fan. It has yet <laughs> to come, so I'm just I'm not gonna assume that he's not still awesome. He can get the job done no matter what. You could put me out there running a 6-3-40 and he would still get me for three touchdowns.
0: <laughs> I, and I agree with both you guys and, and Doug mentioned Julian Edelman. I'll throw in James White. Trust is a hell of a thing and Tom Brady yeah. tr- Tom Brady trusts James White. Uh, when the chips are down, I, I'll never forget the uh, tw- down 28-3. to three. They don't get down much more than that and they rode James White in his pass catching. so Should have been the
2: MVP, by the way.
0: I, I agree 100%, but um, that would be my New England buy. I think he's a guy that – I don't know that he'll finish as a running back one like he did last year in PPR, but I think he's a safe top 15, 18 option at the position that you can get way cheaper than that. So uh, speaking of pass catching running backs, Duke Johnson said he will participate in Cleveland's OTAs but has made his desire to be traded known. Jerry, is the Duke going to be a ruling over another team?
1: Yeah, I think so. I just, I don't know why you keep him. I get that he's a good pass catcher, but, you know, Kareem Hunt will be too. So is Nick Chubb. I just, I, that's, you know, there's too much meat on that bone in the backfield of Cleveland. So I I don't think he personally stays there. I can totally understand where he's coming from. If I was him, why would you want to be there too? I mean, I get that you went through the struggle of Cleveland and you're seeing a reemergence, but at some point for his financial sake, the boy needs to play and he needs people to see him play. And he's good. And I would like to see him in a place,
0: you know, Miami or something. Let me, let me, let me see Duke Johnson get unleashed. You're trying to send him back to college, Tim. Are you a Duke Johnson guy? And uh, I I personally don't see him getting traded until uh, Kareem Hunt's suspension is either up or almost up at the NFL deadline. What do you think is going to go on in Cleveland?
2: Uh, I, think that Duke, I think if they were going to trade Duke Johnson, they would have done it before the draft
0: because that's when you
2: really make the player moves. I mean, the only reason I can see them trading Duke Johnson is if they go to acquire. There's been rumors of them acquiring Gerald McCoy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who has a large salary. Uh, how about that? Throw Duke Johnson to Tampa in a package for Gerald McCoy. Uh, you know, Duke Johnson's making, I think four or $5 million a year when he signed that extension last year, McCoy's making big money, but that could be a money swap. And I could see something like that happening outside of that. If they're not going to do a a trade for another player, I think Duke Johnson is going to stay there and he might be a little bit of a malcontent. Um, but I think that, you know, you have to have that insurance with Nick Chubb there, Kareem Hunt suspended I mean, you're going to have, what, like undrafted Darren Hall come in and help out or sign a veteran running back. Like, keep Duke Johnson on the team and then, you know, see where it goes. Unless they make a deal for like a Gerald McCoy and they're just doing salary swaps. And boy, all the Ronald Jones owners would love that move.
0: Uh, well, um, we're, we're getting ready to talk about that. So I, I like the segue to Tampa Bay because last week it was, I don't want to say a big deal, but people were mentioning, oh, they, they signed Kerwin Williams in, in Tampa Bay. Well, he got cut. And I say, bring on all the Bruce Anderson. I am a huge Bruce Anderson guy. I've gotten him at the five twelve in two rookie drafts so far, and I drafted him a little bit earlier in a third. I mean, there's not much between him and the the number one running back role there in, in Tampa Bay. As a as a Bruce Anderson believer, my heart would be broken if they brought in a, a Duke Johnson. But Jerry, are you a, are you a Bruce Anderson guy?
1: Uh, I think you have gotten me to be a Bruce Anderson guy. You're mostly damn right, just, Jerry. <laughs> mostly <laughs> I'm just not a Ronald Jones or a Peyton Barber guy. So if it's sort of like the same situation with Miles Gaskin, I keep scooping up Miles Gaskin late in my rookie drafts just cause I don't love Kenyon Drake and I don't love Kalen Belage, oh. And that's sort of that same situation.
0: I, I heard, I heard a, like a, like a painful yes. sigh. Oh, Yeah, It was oh. a,
1: it was a wince I'm or a whimper.
2: I've been a I've been a Balage guy for a while. I just love the athleticism, the pass catching ability. Now I understand that his vision isn't very good, and uh, you know the yards after contact I think is something that he could improve on. But uh, I read a report that he's been he's been working with Frank Gore in the off season, um, who's just turned seventy eight yesterday. I think. <laughs> 78. Um, but yeah. Kalen Balaj. I really liked Balaj profile. You know, I'm partially, I'm partial to him because he was my first ever Debbie player. So there's like my heart is with Kalen Balaj. Um, I like Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake is severely underrated. I mean, he was a top, what, 16 or 17 running back. And he didn't, it didn't seem that when you, when you look at the numbers at the end of the season, you're like, oh, Drake was an RB2. What? Sneak snuck up on you. He's sneaky good. Um, but yeah, Bruce Anderson, I like Bruce Anderson. And I think, you know, Memphis, getting him late in your rookie drafts is definitely the play, hoping that the guys in front of him, you still have Jaquiz Rogers there. Gross. Um, you have Ronald Jones, and I'm a Peyton Barber guy. Like, I just love a guy that grinds in between the tackles. He gets extra yardage, like that old school football player. Um, so that I kind of like Peyton Barber a little bit. But yeah, Bruce Anderson, if he shows out in training camp and outplays Rojo and then maybe he shares a backfield with Peyton Barber. Maybe Barber gets pushed to the side. I mean, you can definitely draw a story where you could see that happening. So that's definitely worth a late round
0: rookie pick. Well, I'll have to soften Tyler up to let him know that you said a few bad things about Rojo. So he'll welcome you back to the dynasty happy hour. Cause there's no, oh, no bigger than fine. there's yeah. no bigger Rojo believer than, than uh, our friend Tyler. Uh, but, but uh, speaking of guys that, that have had a, a bad run of luck, Joe Flacco, you know, he was starting quarterback last year in Baltimore. They draft Lamar Jackson at the very last pick of the first round. Loses his job midway through the season. Gets traded to Denver. And what's Denver do? They they also draft a young quarterback. They drafted Drew Locke. Now, Flacco just comes right out and says, I'm not here to, to mentor a young quarterback. I'm, I'm here to be the starter. D- does that bother you, Jerry, that he's not willing to mentor him?
1: No, just his presence is going to mentor Drew Locke. J- just seeing someone that's a bona fide professional. H- has he been a superstar that deserved all the money that he's gotten? No. But, you know, he, he is a bona fide professional that's been in this league for a decade. He's won a Super Bowl. Drew Locke, if you're smart, you better pay attention to the man. Even if he doesn't go out of his way to show you those things, learn a thing or two, young blood. Doug, Flacco or
0: Locke?
2: I, I think if it's kind, I think it's kind of a jerk move for Flacco to say something like that publicly, to be honest. Um, I don't know that that gains him any it gains him anything from the locker room you know when you're thinking it, as a team to come out and say that i could see where guys in a locker room would be like really but i don't know i think it's kind of, and, and it's if joe flacco was an elite quarterback then it wouldn't come off as cocky but it comes off as cocky for a guy that's barely hanging on to a career
0: well hey now, now john elway said that joe flacco is elite and just coming into his prime so we're gonna find out who's right and who's wrong Well, I Um, like
2: to justify my bad signings too, but. um.
0: (laughs) Someone needs to tell John Elway that repeating a lie doesn't make it true. Um, uh, Kyle Rudolph. There's another veteran. Uh, Contracts have, uh, talks have broken off with Minnesota, and it looks like he's going to be gone. And that's too bad. I know he's really ingrained in the community up there. He's actually a pretty good tight end, and he's not even 30. So if he can play to that Jason Witten age, he can got like another decade. Left in the NFL. So, Jerry, where would you like to see Kyle Rudolph land when it's almost, I don't want to say it's for certain, but it's about 95% that he gets cut. Where do you think he winds up?
1: Oh, baby. Just land with touchdown time in New England. I mean, that's the easiest spot, right? I mean, yeah, they got Jenkins and they signed Watson, but Kyle Rudolph's actually good at football and would actually score touchdowns. So I, I, and listen, maybe it's because I'm just a sucker, but I do like Kyle Rudolph a ton. And I own Kyle Rudolph everywhere because I like those guys that are not sexy at the tight end position. So if he lands with someone like Tom Brady, <laughs> baby. Yeah. So if you look at the Kyle Rudolph, much
2: like Kenyon Drake, when you look at the year end stats and you're like, oh, Kyle Rudolph was like the tight end seven or eight last year. And which, I mean, isn't saying a ton. Literally, we say on, especially on trophy time, like you get 30 yards and a touchdown, you're a tight end one. So it's not like a super unachievable thing. Um, But Kyle Rudolph finishes a top seven or eight tight end last year. And he only had one really, really good game. If I remember, I think he had a two touchdown, like 80 yard game towards the end of the season, which helped him. But if he goes to New England, it's going to have to be cheap. They've got some salary cap issues, especially after um, signing Watson and Valdir and Demarius Thomas. Um, So I think my perfect spot for Kyle Rudolph would be Oakland. I think that they've got the cap. They've got cap room available there. He could go in there, make some good money. And the only thing they have at the tight end position, they've been talking up Darren Waller, former Baltimore Ravens tight end, which is like everyone in the league. Um, But, they also have they drafted Foster Moreau, which I, who i who I like as a prospect, but I think he's raw. I don't think he's going to start in year one. So why not slide Rudolph right into that spot, an immediate starter to help out Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams and to help out Derek Carr and then do running back Josh Jacobs like that would make that offense just that much more better to bring in uh, a veteran tight end that especially could be fantasy relevant to help those guys and Kyle Rudolph. I would love that spot from for from a fantasy perspective the best for Kyle Rudolph.
0: I'm going to throw one out there. Now they 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 did trade for Jacob Hollister, and they already have going into second year Will Disley and the forever hurt Ed Dixon. But what about Kyle Rudolph winding up in Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson? Obviously, they, I like that spot. obviously they, they they just lost Doug Baldwin, uh, but they've got the cap room. I just checked on under uh, I'm sorry, Spotrac, and they've got about 26 million dollars in cap, so they'd have some money wow. to to be able to to sign him. So. Uh, and and that also gives me a cheap segue into uh, Doug Doug Baldwin retire. So this happens a lot on the Dynasty Warzone. We we record on Tuesdays, and a lot of NFL news breaks on Wednesdays for whatever reason. So <laughs> Doug Baldwin retired last week. Uh, I didn't think the injuries were that bad, but but he posted some stuff on social media saying that his time was up. Uh, Jerry, how how many shares of uh, Doug Baldwin did you get burned by?
1: Uh, only one, and it was in a startup this year. So. That's what I get, I guess, for <laughs> taking him. Uh, I've never been a huge duck Baldwin guy. And, you know, not that that was a smart move on my choice. You know, he's been solid. He's just, I don't know, one of those guys that where he was going, I never took him. So I don't have many. But it, I mean, it makes me excited to see DK Metcalf. That's, I mean, eh, I've been down on him too. But, you know, if he's going to get opportunity, I want to see that big boy run. You
0: mispronounced Gary Jennings Jr., no, uh, D- doug anything I know you're a you're a bit of a Gary Jennings fan is that correct
2: uh I don't know a ton about Gary Jennings actually there's been a lot of Twitter buzz over Gary Jennings in this lad this last week or, or, ever since the news of Doug Baldwin him and um, what's the other kid John Ursua, I think
0: yeah the, the, he's the yeah. the seventh rounder out of Hawaii
2: yeah so there's that kid too yeah I mean Gary Jennings fits the doug baldwin mold and type so i mean he could have a path to targets in year one and he's a guy that in a lot of four round rookie drafts is going undrafted as of a week ago now you're starting to see him creep in there um but he's definitely a priority um free agent if you already had your draft and your waivers haven't run yet throw some fab at gary jennings because he like i said he could have a path to targets here in year one which would be pretty exciting
0: no, I agree. And then uh, one I, I put on the, the show sheet specifically for our guest because he was asking about Daryl Henderson and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in a draft that he was recently in. And Les Snead, GM of the L.A. Rams, is comparing Daryl Henderson to Alvin Kamara. Now that just like got my, like you know, licking my chops. <laughs> Th- thinking about an offensive line like Todd McVay, and anybody being compared to Alvin Kamara, obviously Todd Gurley's still there. I don't think Todd Gurley's right. You don't give your best player arguably 11 touches in the Super Bowl if he's healthy and then get zero surgery in the offseason and it's like a if you've ever seen the movie Animal House, there's a scene with Kevin Bacon where he's screaming at the end, everything's fine. All is well. And that's what I feel like Todd Gurley owners are doing. So I love Daryl Henderson. I got sniped today by one pick. He went right mm. in front of me. And I hate that. So, uh, but but are you excited? You, you ended up drafting Henderson. How are you feeling?
2: Yep. So I had the one twelve. I'm the league champion. Congrats to me. Uh, so I had the, I'm in the one twelve hole. And before the draft, you know, for the last month or so, because JJ Arcega-Whiteside was my number three wide receiver going into the draft. Uh, I pretty much moved him to my number two after the draft because I liked I love the landing spot. Not necessarily for year one, but it was between Arcega-Whiteside and Darrell Henderson. Now the reason. I was coming around on Henderson is because I own Todd Gurley. I have him for two more years. This is a contract year league. He's making. A, I have a significant investment for him salary cap wise. A lot of moving parts in this league. So I had to tell myself, look, the guys right after me are probably going to take Jarrell Henderson because it's an advantage to them if I don't take him and Todd Gurley goes down with an injury. They have Jarrell Henderson who could be an RB1 and that hurts me. So I ended up taking Henderson at the 12 spot because I looked at it this way. Would I be able to live with myself if I passed up on Henderson, Gurley goes down with an injury, and then Henderson ends up being like the most amazing rookie running back this year? No, I would be so pissed at myself. I would be I would be like, why didn't I trust my process? So I ended up taking Henderson as Gurley insurance. Plus, I think that Gurley, you know, he's, he's used to touching the ball over 300 times a year. I think they're going to reduce him down to like 200, 225, and they're going to work Henderson in like they did Kamara. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you just spent a ton of money on Todd Gurley, who doesn't have any kind of salary cap relief until 2022, you can't cut him, right? So protect your asset, give him less of a workload, and mix Henderson in. I think it's a perfect landing spot for him. And I was able to get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside a little bit later. So at the 2-1... Hakeem Butler went which I was surprised anywho it's a home league so things are a little weird Uh, 2-2 Hollywood Brown 2-3 McCole Hardman 2-4 Noah Fant I ring up my cousin I'm like hey I want to move into the 2-5 what's it going to take he didn't know who I wanted because I don't play I don't tell him so I was like look I'll give you the two twelve and a twenty twenty third to move into the two five. So he accepts it, and I get our Sega white side. And then after that, the only other player that was even near that tier was Irv Smith Jr. Um, but I was really happy to trade back up in the draft and get the guy that I was going to take at one twelve at the two five. I was ecstatic.
0: Well, what I took away from that was the uh, expression "cover your assets." So. Uh, you you should always cover your ass sets out of all the great analysis
1: that that man just came up with Jerry Ger- 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 you're, you're the king tingly. of the,
0: you're the king of the poop sandwich and uh, <laughs> speaking of which you're not getting one cuz your boy Devonta Freebird Freeman will be ready for camp and they didn't bring a, bring in any real competition for touches in that backfield outside of Allison um, the kid out of pit in like the late fifth round so so how are you Who's
1: feeling just, about? he's just a big bowling ball Quadre and i mean he's alright but yeah, I'm excited. You know damn well I'm excited about Devonta Freeman. The problem is, is so is everybody else. And it's like
2: the discount's fading on. Devonta yeah, Freeman. exactly. <laughs> Come
1: on, man. And and every league that I I didn't get him in. Now they're like, oh no, they didn't draft anybody. I'm just going to keep him. Yeah, I bet you are. All the Edo Smith.
0: All the Ito Smith. Yeah, I drafted uh Devonta and a free, uh, uh, Freeman in a startup I'm in with Jerry. And I uh, I hedged my my Freeman bet with a little Edo later in the draft. So then a couple Mark. of quick couple of uh, quick hitters. If any of this uh, does anything for you, just jump on in. Emmanuel Sanders won't be back till mid July. I don't know that he's ever back. Thirty two year old coming off of an Achilles tear. No bueno. Uh, Mark Walton resurfaces in Miami with the Dolphins. He went to school at the U. So. Eh, we already talked about how crowded that backfield is. Kenneth Dixon's roster spot is in trouble. I filed that one under no shit. They drafted uh, Justice <laughs> Hill, and they brought in Mark Ingram in free agency. Of course, I his roster.
2: Dixon looked good last year, though. He, I, th-
0: I think he has like some kind of picture of Harbaugh in a compromising position with a sheep, because for whatever reason, suspension, injury, no matter what, Harbaugh always saves a roster spot for this guy. It'll probably wind up being Gus Edwards who gets so cut, who so gets what cut. you're
2: saying his name is jim Harbaugh. <laughs> oh i
0: see what you did there and uh, you're, you already mentioned the don trail inman and uh, ben watson signings in new england any of that do anything for anybody no i have ken dixon in a couple spots i do too and i, I keep holding out hope that there's hope but uh you know you, you know what else you, you know they, they, there was that movie that hope floats you know what else floats jerry uh, yeah you're going tell me poop that's folks sandra
2: bullock and who was uh, that? uh
0: ha- harry harry no harry connick jr oh
2: harry connick he jr., was he right. was
0: super hot not, not like i don't know i mean i guess maybe i'm i'm not here to judge but he was like the it guy there for a while between his music and uh his, his limited field uh i'm not field, field film career so Anyway, that's the news, Um, you know, not a lot going on, but a lot going on all at the same time. But the real reason why we brought Doug on to hang out with us is we all wanted to field a team of NFL offseason losers, guys who, in our opinion, lost the most. So we're going to hit you with a quarterback, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, and a tight end. I'm going to jump in here first, that way I can, you know, just sit back and produce and tried to uh, pick on Jerry because that's usually my favorite thing to do. Um, my quarterback loser, he he didn't really get any competition, and nor would it matter because he was the electric Patrick Mahomes. You know, all this guy did was complete 383 passes last, last year for 5,097 yards, 50 TDs. Jerry, what's 50 TDs known as? That's a Mahomes. That is a Mahomes of touchdowns. Anytime you throw 50 or more, it is a Mahomes of touchdowns. But, you know, what really scares me, is that he lost Kareem Hunt to suspension-slash-team-cut-slash-now-he's-a-Cleveland-Brown. And I don't think Tyreek Hill is that far behind him. Uh, Obviously, they drafted McCole Hardman with their first overall pick in the rookie draft. But, you know what, Jerry, do you know what Tyreek Hill and uh, Kareem Hunt have in common? What is that? They are two of Patrick Mahomes' three best targets. Obviously, the third being Travis Kelsey. So, I, I, I just put, you know, pen to paper and started doing some math. So of Mahomes' 580 targets last year, Hill and Hunt were responsible for 200 of that, or 34.5%. Of his 383 completions, they were responsible for 140, so that's 36.6%. Of his, we'll call it 5,100 yards passing, they they were responsible for just a shade under 2,000, 1,934 yards, or 38% of his total yards, and then 19 of his 50 passing touchdowns. That's 38% of his passing touchdowns. Basically what Patrick Mahomes lost is just a shade over a third, but not quite 40% of, of his you know, playmakers from last year. And, and so something has to happen. Either he's gonna take a, I think we were all expecting a step back anyway. I mean, it was kind of a magical season, but he's either gonna take a, a significant step back or guys like McCole Hardman, uh, Damian Williams, I think Damian Williams rolls okay. Um, no real competition. We talked about Darwin Thompson earlier. They also drafted. Uh, I am sorry, they brought in undrafted free agent James Booby Williams. Big Boobies. Booby, a big fan of Boobies, and uh, so, 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 so 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 something's got to hit. And uh, I, I think Patrick Mahomes was a big loser. Not anything that he did wrong. It's the knuckleheads that he's you know on a team with. And then my my first RB. Was Lashawn McCoy, who's a a very bad person for attempting to ruin Avengers Endgame on Twitter. So, uh, you, you you had to duck, dip, and dodge and dive Lashawn McCoy and people like that till you finally saw it. Is that right, Doug? Uh
2: yeah. I had a friend that was like, I can't believe Lashawn McCoy, and I was like, all right, not going to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I I had an idea, like one of the characters that I had an idea, but I didn't want anything spoiled, so I was luckily uh, I avoided. Spoilers. I've seen Endgame twice now. I liked it better the second time around. By the way,
0: I, it, it's on my it's on my to do list a second time. But uh, uh, Lashawn McCoy, he's thirty years old and he's got a nine million dollar cap hit as a running back. The problem is is, is that his dead cap number is only two point six, so the team could save six point four million dollars uh, by cutting him. They're not really in cap hell. They've got twenty six million as of when I checked today. But this is a team that seems hell bent on going young. They've got T.J. Yeldon they just brought in, and he's only 25 and makes 1.3 million. Uh, the uh, ageless wonder, Frank Gore, who's 36, you imagine that 36 and still playing in the NFL, only makes two million bucks, and then recently drafted Devin Singletary, 21 years old, makes 750 grand. So between the two of them, excuse me, between the three of them, they don't even make about $4 million. And this is a team obviously going young. They've got Josh Allen, a quarterback, Um, Robert Foster at one of their wide receiver positions. We talked about Dawson Knox before we hit the record button. There's the ever knuckle headed uh, Zay Jones. And then the older guys with Beasley and uh, John Brown, they brought in. So I I think LaShawn McCoy is done and and should be. Uh, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. This is a guy who's missed eight of 32 career games. He's only started 12, uh 12 of 24 games. He's got a new head coach in uh, Matt Lafleur, not to be confused with Peter Lafleur from Dodgeball, or Guy Lafleur, or yeah, I don't know who Guy Lafleur is. A hockey played player. Yeah. Oh, you uh, play hockey
2: up north, don't you? Know
0: uh, you know it, it. Indiana is about like the uh, like the the line where like hockey stops. Indianapolis. I don't know if it's popular north of here, but not, not big where I live. But you know, this is a guy who had a sixty forty split last year the wrong way in Tennessee. He gave Deion Lewis. 59% of the touches, or excuse me, snaps, and Derrick Henry had 41% of the snaps. And, and they, they drafted uh, Dexter Williams. He, he's really more of a, Dexter's really more of a threat to Jamal Williams. Not really a great receiver, but d- d- do you feel comfortable if, you know, you're banking on Aaron Jones not knowing what's going on? I mean, he could be great. We saw some, we saw some big stuff out of him. Go ahead, Doug.
2: I will give you, because I am maybe one of the OG Aaron Jones stands, and uh, I just recorded a segment for the Roto Underworld Draft Kit uh, about Aaron Jones, uh, touting Aaron Jones that I think he's going to be an RB1 this year. I'm not worried about Dexter Williams in the draft. doesn't bother me. If you look at just the metrics on what he does when he's on the field. Now, I know he had the two-game suspension, and he, and he missed a couple games in the season. But he had an eight-game stretch last year where he averaged over 100 yards from scrimmage a game and averaged over a touchdown a game when he was at peak health. He led the NFL in yards per carry, which yards per carry is a skewed metric. I get it. But his breakaway run rate actually wasn't as good as it was in 2017 when he was fourth best in the whole NFL in breakaway run rate. So Aaron Jones, to me, his yards after contact is one of the best in the league, according to PFF. There's a lot of metrics, and the only thing that that would get me off Aaron Jones would be, yeah, does he get dinged up? Sure, he does. He's a running back. He's not a big guy, but, man, when he is on the field, and I think them drafting Jay Sternberger to open up the middle of that field is only going to help him more uh, this year because they didn't have that middle-of-the-field presence. I mean, Jimmy Graham is the walking dead. And you had Randall Cobb, who was not on the field and largely ineffective. So they didn't have anyone over the middle of the field to even open things up further for Aaron Jones. But, man, Aaron Jones in space in between the tackles, I love, 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 love Aaron Jones. So, yeah, I think he's – I actually had him as a winner after the draft.
0: Oh, well, uh, I, I, oh. For, for, for me, it's more about the coach and not knowing. I, I think we all agree, but we saw last year dive I mean,
2: into the void with me, Memphis. I'll, I'll just let I'll, it go. I, I, all right,
0: well I, I will consider taking him. I'll put him on my uh, my hold team. Uh, maybe maybe I'll, I'll re add him to the winners team because of our a wonderful guest. But my, my two wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar and Jarvis Landry. Nelson Aguilar not
1: gonna switch him off of those.
0: Uh, <laughs> Nelson Nelson Aguilar, his job is safe because he's got a nine point four million dollar cap hit and a nine point four million dollar dead cap hit. But, I mean, this is a team that brought in Deshaun Jackson. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside very high in the draft. AFL hero Charles Johnson has signed a contract there. And I I think we're going to see the emergence of uh, Dallas Goddard in more two tight end sets. And when they're in two tight end sets, I think the two wide receivers on the field will be Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Obviously, they'll they'll work in Whiteside a little bit. So if you've been hanging on to Nelson Aguilar-Shares Hopefully they, they they trade him. I don't see a team taking a $9.4 million uh, cap number on a guy like him, but this is the new NFL. Crazy stuff happens. And then Jarvis Landry, I, I don't dislike Jarvis Landry, but they just added Odell Beckham Jr. via trade. He works the same area of the field as David Njoku, and then Duke Johnson or Kareem Hunt are both really good pass catchers. And when Freddie Kitchens took over as the play caller for the Cleveland Browns last year in Week 9, of those last eight games, he finished with 12.5 or less points in five of the eight. And in three of those games, he had less than seven. So that's PPR scoring, too. So Nelson and Jarvis are, were definitely lost this offseason. And uh, then Doug already mentioned my tight end. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is due to, hold, hold on to your hats, due to make $11.7 million this year. And, Ugh, what's his
2: dead cap hit?
0: 3.7. So the team saves 8... Oh, I would have
2: cut him a while ago.
0: Well, and, and, and Green Bay currently only has $8.9 million in cap space. So, so, I mean, they can almost double their, their their working cap number by cutting this dude. He's 32 years old. He's coming off 55 receptions, which is the third lowest of his nine-year career. He only had two uh, TDs. And you know what? Jace is in the place. You know, Doug mentioned Jace Sternberger. I'm all about Jace in your face. Jace in your face. We, we, we want Jace. We want Jace and we want Jay We want Jimmy gone. So that's my team. I I had Patrick Mahomes. I had Lashawn McCoy, Aaron Jones, Jarvis Landry, Nelson Aguilar, and Jimmy Graham. Jerry, anything on my, uh, on my picks? I know, uh, Doug was not a fan of the Aaron Jones.
1: I mean, and I see where you're both coming from with Aaron Jones. I don't, I was also one of the OG stands of Aaron Jones. I loved that pick so much, but yes! brother, gotta play though. I need you on the field, my man. So I, I see where you're both coming from, and other than that, I I fully do agree. I I don't think Patrick Mahomes is gonna go too bar too far down. I think he can make plays to whoever it is. He's I don't want to say he's Brady, where he just you know he'll get me a couple touchdowns, but. Even if you have people with a pulse, he'll find them.
0: I, I, mostly, I mostly put him on there to uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say trap, but, but, but engage in conversation those that say McCole Hardman is, is too much of an outlier to produce. You know what? Th- th- there's 2,000 yards on the table. There's 19 touchdowns on the table. There's uh, 140 receptions on the table. Someone has to pick that up. And if you're a defensive coordinator, who are you game planning for? You're game planning for Travis Kelsey. And then probably the running back. So uh, maybe Sammy finally breaks out to what we thought he could be God, in year six. God, I hope so. <laughs> I know, I know. You, that, that's a, that... you, you and everybody else that's but, listening. But, but I, I still think he's going to, you know, not throw five, fifty, one hundred yards. I think he'll be more in like that forty-four, forty-five hundred 4,500-yard range. He'll probably be around 40 touchdowns.
1: Which but, is still fantastic. Which is still going to be time. a great Who do we season. think
2: throws more touchdowns this year, Mahomes or Mayfield.
0: Oh, I'll take Mahomes all day, every day. Yeah, me too. Okay. I not not that's not that's not, not anti Baker. Oh, sure, no, I He 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 plays in the black and blue division. He's still going to have some some black and blue games with the Steelers. Um, obviously, he gets two free spaces against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I meant that. <laughs> But, but, yeah, I, I would still bank on Mahomes. I, th- I think Baker's safe for probably – what did he throw last year? 23, 24, broke a record. 27, I think, 27. was the record, he broke yeah. it. I, I gonna, I'm going to say you can add 10, 15% to that, so that's going to put him in like the 30, 32 range-ish. But I still think Patrick throws, uh, uh, throws a bunch. So, uh, anyway, that that is my team. I'm going to throw it over to our esteemed guest, the Fantasy Father. What, what you got? Who, who are your guys?
2: Uh, So I don't have like some real salt. I mean, at quarterback, looking at the draft, I don't think there, I don't think there was a lot of losers. I mean, the first one that came to mind, because this is a guy that gets drafted in super flex leagues to kind of be that bridge quarterback. Like, ah, I missed out on some big names. I got a quarterback. It's Case Keenum. Obviously the Redskins taking Dwayne Haskins. Really sinks Keenum. Uh, I think, you know, we had a startup uh, before the draft Memphis and Case Keenum and the Joe Flacco's of the world are kind of that last tier that gets drafted. And people are hoping like, yeah, I can start these guys because in Superflex, any starting quarterback has value, right? So Case Keenum, uh, yeah, he gets... I think Haskins is going to have that job from day one. I don't have any real hot takes on any other quarterbacks because I don't think there was anything. I like your Mahomes take because I think we've, we may have seen... Um, the best Patrick Mahomes in this in this first full season. I hope not, but I mean it definitely could be that way. So uh, I'll go. I actually have a handful of wide receivers. I only have one running back, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go the wide receiver route. Actually, no, I'll go running back first. It was, it was talking that you know for all the reasons that we said earlier. When they trade up into the third round to get Darrell Henderson, that was a screaming red flag for me. No matter what they say. He's fine. Feels great. Blah blah blah. You're full of crap. When you move up that far to get a running back and make him the fourth running back drafted, they're either going to change the offense or Todd Gurley is is more hurt than everyone thinks. And I think Actions it's a little speak
1: louder than words,
2: right? And I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Gurley is hurt, and I think they are going to evolve that offense because look what that offense got them in the Super Bowl. It got them what three points, six points? I don't even remember the final score. It was like thirteen to six. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to evolve that offense and make it a little bit more like the new Orleans offense. I mean, why wouldn't you, I mean, you've had the same offense now for a couple of years. People can game plan against that. You're not doing anything overly creative at this point. So you need to kind of do something new. So I have Todd Gurley as a loser. As far as wide receivers go, the fr- the one that sticks out the most to me just after this whole off season between free agency and the NFL draft is Corey Davis. So the first problem is Marcus Mariota is your starting quarterback. The second problem is they signed Adam Humphreys for over $9 million a year in free agency. And then in the NFL draft, they use pretty good draft capital in the second round to draft A.J. Brown. So Corey Davis, the argument for Davis was, there's no one else there. He's going to get a ton of targets. All they have is Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp. Well, now you have A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker presumably is going to come back and that's going to siphon targets around off Corey Davis. It's not that I don't like the player. I do like Corey Davis as a player, but the situation is not good. And part of the problem is Marcus Mariota and him not evolving into the quarterback that we thought he was going to be. And I won't be shocked next year. So he's a free agent at the end of this year um, because they picked up his fifth year option, much like James Winston did in Tampa I wouldn't be shocked if they go and draft a quarterback next year. Maybe they trade up for a Justin Herbert or Hay-Bear or however the hell you say it. Um, wouldn't shock me whatsoever if they... I don't think they're going to turn it over to Tannehill, mind you. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they make a move at quarterback because Marcus Mariota, to me, is what's really holding that offense back. I mean, why have all these pass catchers if you're just going to run the ball with Derrick Henry? I don't know. That, well- that situation kind of boggles my mind. Do you guys have any thoughts on Corey I, I, Davis? I,
0: I, I do on, on, on not just Marcus Mariota, but you can say the same thing for Andy Dalton and any quarter, I mean, De- Derek Carr, who I, I like this year. I think he's got a chance to solidify his job. But here's sure. the thing. Um, Tua, uh, Herbert... And from are coming to the NFL next year, along with some others. And some of those guys are going to get starting jobs. So you got to take a step back, you know, and, and look at it from 30,000 feet and look down and say, well, whose job is he's taking? They're not taking Andrew Lux. They're, they're not taking Deshaun Watson's. They're not taking, you know, I know there's some older quarterbacks. There's, you know, the Breeze, the Brady. Um, you know, Phil Rivers is no spring chicken, Big Ben. But, I mean, they're going to take someone's job. And, and this is a, a, a prime job. And I think they're just. Setting that up, I think that's a very good call. I could easily see like a Fromm or a uh, Herbert winding up in Tennessee next year, and really, it's not seeing this offense off- open up. I don't think Arthur Smith, the OC, wants to do that, but I could think you could definitely see some of the shackles come off of guys like Corey Davis, like AJ Brown, and uh, really see an interesting offense.
2: Yeah, I think that the on paper the potential for this offense is great, but I mean when you have. When the head of Voltron doesn't control the rest of the body the way you want it to, then you have a defective robot. So that's just the way I'm going to put that. Uh, I have another loser at the wide. I actually have a couple more wide receivers. I went wide receiver heavy for whatever reason, just the names that came to me. One was Devin Funchess. So I know Funchess was getting a lot of buzz after he signed the one-year deal in Indianapolis, and people were like, oh, he's going to play the big slot role, and he's going to be outside. So the Colts go and draft Paris Campbell. So the thing Funches to me takes a hit, and he's a loser because you have T.Y. Hilton, you have Paris Campbell, you have presumably a healthy Jack Doyle with Eric Ebron, you have Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack. There's a ton of targets, um, and I don't think Funchess, if you had to prioritize the guys that you're going to get the ball to, Funchess isn't at the top of that list for me. If anything, uh, he's the the outside guy, he's the tall receiver, maybe he does some damage in the red zone. But, I mean, if Funches catches 50 balls, I'll be shocked.
0: As the residence Colts fan, I will say this. Yes, he he lost in terms of, like, potential production and things like that. But he won in the fact that he got a one-year $15 million deal. Oh, sure. So so I, I will give him a slight win. So you said you had one more? Uh,
2: so, well, I, I had Tyreek Hill on my loser. We already talked about the Kansas City offense. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall for that one. I mean, when they trade up and they get McCole Hardman, who's – I don't want to say the closest thing to Tyreek Hill in this draft, but a lot of people will say that, Um, you know, that's kind of the insurance policy. And again, actions speak louder than words. And that was one that gave me a a red flag. Uh, I'll give you two more wide receivers on the same team. It's Dante Moncrief and James Washington. So I know a lot of people were on Washington, like go buy James Washington and dynasty, go buy James Washington. Then they signed Dante Moncrief, who I like a lot. One of Tyler's guys, um, and he's been a guy of mine for a long time. I think he's a solid wide receiver, and I think he could fit in that offense well. And then they take Deontay Johnson in the third round. And, you know, the Steelers have this reputation of finding guys at the wide receiver position. They did it with Antonio Brown, they did it with Emmanuel Sanders, you know, guys that they've dra- been able to draft late. Eli Rogers to a point, like he was fantasy relevant for a little while they have this knack of finding receivers that fit their system really well. And then they can, they can make them into good players. Now is Johnson, that guy, I mean, he came out of Toledo. He wasn't even really the best receiver on his team when you look at it. Um, But that's kind of like, I don't think they have a lot of confidence in James Washington. And I think a lot of it starts with big Ben because he's the biggest diva DB on the planet next to Aaron Rodgers. And you know, when he, when he calls out the wide receiver in public, Especially a rookie. I just I have a feeling that he's not in the circle of trust with Roethlisberger. Um so James Washington and Moncrief take a little bit of a hit here because they did invest draft capital in Johnson, who when they drafted him, I was like, who? Because no one was talking about this kid pre-draft process. Like combine, not I didn't hear his name once when people were doing mock drafts or anything.
0: I, I heard more about his uh college teammate Cody Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, who, yeah. who, who, he, yeah, that's uh, who him. he signed as a UDF uh as an undrafted free agent with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hint, hint. Keep an eye on him. He's a guy that if you got room on the back end of your roster and you can pick him up and throw him on your taxi squad. But, yeah, no, I agree. And I've been trying to sell and pawn off Dante Moncrief on Tyler in uh, the UDPL <laughs> a lot. But, but he, he's not biting. And uh, did you yeah. have a tight end to add to your uh... – I, I didn't
2: – we talked about Kyle Rudolph earlier, earlier and I think he's the, he's the glaringly obvious one. When they, when they drafted Irv Smith Jr., it was like, all right, Rudolph, you're out. And and the funny thing is the Vikings actually had to rework Eric Kendrick's deal today to sign their first-round draft pick. So they're a team that's absolutely up against it from a cap standpoint. So I think they're just looking for someone to trade for Rudolph, and if that doesn't happen, they're just going to cut him.
0: Yeah, that you are absolutely correct. Uh, currently, they got $2.5 I don't know how their latest transactions has affected that, but that's not a lot of money. Uh, mm-hmm. under under the cap so uh, we'll see where mr rudolph goes that that would, that would not be a bad move for oakland to trade like a, a conditional pick for him but jerry who who were your losers coming out of the uh the, the total off season of coaches hires free agency the draft etc
1: all right so i'm gonna go with the most disrespected man of the draft and that is josh rosen That poor guy, you get drafted in the first round, they trade up for you, and then you're gone. You get one season. And it's not that he's going to have competition or anything, because he's not in Miami. The problem is you went from an offense that was going to have Cliff Kingsbury bringing that air raid. They ended up going wide receiver heavy. You were actually going to get some pieces around you and not just bone dust Larry Fitzgerald and a rookie Christian Kirk. And now you get Miami with maybe Devontae Parker. Did you You say
0: bone dust? Yeah, bone I'm dust. Just, he's got a little checking. bone
1: dust in his knees. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm not a Devontae Parker guy. You know, maybe Rosen can make something of him. Dog so dog. I just, eh, I, I can't, I see no way that he won in that situation. And he went from playing in a dome. Now he's playing outside. Granted, Miami is probably gorgeous. I've never been there because I live in the great white north. It's hot and humid. Yeah, see? No That's state. My style. No,
0: he, he's a winner in no state income tax. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. So as a hu- as
1: a human, he won.
0: He's I'm trying. Like Devin Funches. As
1: far as running backs go, there was a couple. Let's talk about Jarek McKinnon. Oh, boy. How'd that role go for you? You were going to be the Tevin Coleman, and then Tevin Coleman joined. And now Matt Breed is there. And no, thank you. I'm
0: good on that whole situation. And they re-signed Mo- uh, Raheem Mostert. Mostert.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, good luck deciphering how that backfield turns out yes, Shanahan gives you all the running back glory that you want in your fantasy teams, but at some point, there's just too many mouths to feed. Uh, another guy that I am a little more down on than most, and they also drafted a guy who I really like, and that's Delvin Cook when they drafted Alexander Madison. Delvin Cook, you only play half your games, which...
2: uh we're going to fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, for the, for the things that I was down on Aaron Jones for, Delvin Cook's even worse when it comes to being on the field and alexander madison is a guy that is a fighter you you can't watch him play at boise state and just not see a dude that just tries and tries and tries every single time he's on the field another guy that i love darius geis and they're gonna draft bryce love here's my thing if you are going to draft a running back because you're worried because your running back has a torn acl why in Sam Hell would you draft a running back that has a torn ACL?
0: Because you have the insurance of Adrian Peterson question. I mark? guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, let's talk about bone dust. Adrian Peterson. Hey, but so anyway. Monte Pirine doesn't have an ACL injury.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's
1: think. also bad. And yeah, he is. Darius Geis could run backwards faster and better than he could. But all right, Doug, get, come at me for the takes. All
2: right. So I understand that Dalvin Cook's NFL career. Has been slightly shortened because of an ACL tear. Slightly shortened. Now, I am a big Florida State fan. I have seen pretty much every Delvin Cook snap of his Florida State career. Now, him coming into the draft, they were like, oh, he's got health issues. He he didn't miss hardly any time at Florida State. He had a shoulder injury in his freshman year, and that was about it. I mean, he might have missed a game or two like the next few years at Florida State. So he doesn't have an injury history. He's not this guy that chronically gets hurt. He tears his ACL in his rookie season. And then second year, yeah, he's got some issues because when you tear an ACL, typically you're going to have some sort of issue afterwards. But then that issue clears up. He comes back midway through the season, and Dalvin Cook looks like old Dalvin Cook. They invested in the offensive line pretty heavily in the draft. I love everything around him. Dalvin Cook, to me, his value doesn't go down at all after bringing in Madison. Madison is pretty much like... I don't think they can give Dalvin twenty-five touches a game, but I think Dalvin's going to touch the ball between fifteen and twenty times a game. And Madison, they'll flavor him in, you know, here and there. I do like Madison as a player, um, but they also have Mike Boone, who a lot of people like uh, as a guy there as well. I-, I think Madison, out of all the rookies that are getting drafted in these rookie drafts, I think he's one of the guys that people are over drafting. Like he's going mid-second, late second, and I'm just shaking my head. Like unless you own Dalvin Cook, like I don't see it. Personally, I mean, I'm, and not now, taking,
1: I'm not taking him that high. Me and Randy call him that Debbie team that we referenced earlier, and we took him, I think it was 308 or 306, somewhere. See, I, there. Got, I
2: got no problem like mid to late third. That's cool. But in like the industry drafts that I've been, he's been going late second. And I'm like, maybe it's a, just a testament of how bad this running back class is after the first four guys. Maybe that's what it is. And people are just like, you know what? He's the best available running back and he may have opportunity. I get it. If Dalvin Cook goes down with an injury, Madison is probably going to be the starter there. So much like we talked about Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle, maybe Mad- Madison, that's the upside play there, is that if Cook does go down with an injury. But if Cook doesn't go down with an injury, Cook is one of these guys that could absolutely tear up the league this year.
1: I agree. I, I'm, I'm not arguing with that. Because, it, it, like you said, at Florida State, the dude was fire. Against great keep, competition. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But my my... I am a person that hedges his bets. I am a gambler in my heart and in my soul from my head to my toes. And sometimes you get a little too risky. You got to play it safe a little bit. That's why I like Alexander Madison. And that's why it scares me a little bit with Cook. But as far as the wide receivers go,
0: I'll say on Madison, real quick, Jerry. Madison was the 102nd player off the board in the NFL draft. So it wasn't like he's shockingly. He wasn't like he's like a fifth round or a sixth round guy. He went in the third round. He was the hundred and second overall pick in the entire draft. So um, I'm not so much. I'm, is, is rock Thomas still there? And, and he had
2: some, he had some legal trouble. I think he's still oh. on the roster, but he, he, he had an arrest in the off season and some other stuff going on. So he's not a lock to make the squad. But I did like rock Thomas in preseason last year. He looked good.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Okay. Wide receivers. Doug already alluded to the Corey Davis issue. Mariota's there. The draft AJ Brown, they side Adam Humphreys. That's as obvious as obvious gets. Then we got Christian Kirk, another guy that I like. I've been calling him Golden Tate my whole life. He's just got that shake and bake that he can make a guy miss and get some yardage. They brought in Andy Isabella. They brought in Hakeem Butler. You know, this is a new quarterback. This is a new system. If he's the guy that ends up getting featured in that offense, he's going to be good, and I'm going to get pie thrown in my face for this. But if he's not, he's going to just plummet. And I, I think Andy Isabella... Might just be better just because he's a lightning bolt that can create separation like no man's business. Uh, so I wrote down Tyler Lockett, I don't know, I sort of disagree with that. Now, they did draft Greg Jen or Gary Jennings in the fourth, who's big, he's fast, he runs straight pretty well. And D. then D. they drafted DK Metcalf, <laughs> who sort of does the same thing, he runs run straight. I love it, so I, I think I disagree with writing that down now as far as tight ends go i wrote down kyle rudolph that's obvious the other one though those guys that you've been waiting on they've been sitting in your taxi squads they've been sitting at the bottom of your roster and they just became irrelevant when the broncos drafted noah fant and jake butt and troy fumigali everybody's been riding the butt train and it's just not going to come to fruition i am sorry to break your hearts but we'll get no play that train
2: that butt train is cracked
0: Fantastic. Uh, I actually prefer Fumagalli. I just like the name, a uh, Troy Fumagalli, like like an extra on the Soprano. <laughs> he's,
2: he's missing part of a finger too, which makes him all that more interesting. Right. He
0: he could hang out with Tommy. Sweeney <laughs> that was from kid. a mob hit. Yeah. That's that's how he got. That's how he got in. I think actually. Yeah.
2: He, uh, he auditioned to be in the Joker's gang, and uh, they, he threw the poo you down. He was in that scene, and one of the guys actually chewed his finger off in the scrum.
0: I I okay. We we we've come we've come full circle. The, the one guy that Jerry talked about, I feel about him the same way I feel about Aaron Jones. It's not that I don't like the talent. That's Christian Kirk. I I like Aaron Jones's talent. I like Christian Kirk's talent. I just don't know what the hell the new head coach is going to do. I don't know what the new offensive coordinator is going to do. I don't know who he likes. I don't know. We talked about Kenyon Drake earlier. You know the one thing that and I looked, Doug, he was RB14 in PPR last year. You, you know, as far as I know, the new head coach and offensive coordinator don't hate Kenyon Drake, so I, I can expect good things there. It's Christian Kirk and, and Jones are examples of guys that I feel like lost because I don't know. And as an owner, you've got to invest in, in the unknown at a pretty fair, at a, at a pretty, you know, less than reasonable price. I mean, I think as an Aaron Jones owner myself, I'm not giving the guy away. Same thing with Christian Kirk. So it's just really odd that asset could either increase in value or quickly decrease in value. And that's that's why I had him as losers.
1: I mean, listen, I ain't mad at you. But that's the thing with Christian Kirk. If Kyler Murray likes him and in that air raid, oh my goodness, those PPR points are just going to be filthy. Just stack them to
0: the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I I think he'll be a guy that that uh, he'll be a buy next year. I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be there. I think Larry will continue to work a lot of that slot role, and uh, I think this will be an ongoing decision with Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. I'm not I'm not so much worried about Hakeem Butler. Where I got Hakeem Butler, I got him in, in the third round in two rookie drafts. I feel like uh, that's good value. I feel there. like I got a steal. You know, if if he mm-hmm. you know if, if I would if,
1: sell my left leg if I could get Hakeem Butler in the third round.
0: No, you wouldn't. You, you, no, well, I'm you, right leg like, dominant, you, so I you, could
1: hop along pretty well.
0: You would regret that, and you know what? You know what? You know what? I don't regret. I don't regret having Doug come on to hang out with us for a little bit and talk about, you know, some news and and some 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 postseason. I'm excuse me, some after season losers, whatever you want to call it. The uh, the NFL offseason it never really stops for us in Dynasty. But All Doug, right. any, anything that you want to plug before uh, before we get you out of here?
2: Yeah, I said at the top of show, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Duff fantasy father. That's D a fantasy father. Cause the was too long. So people like, Oh, why'd you do duh? And I was like, cause I couldn't put the, so that's why I put Duff fantasy father. I'm a stay at home dad. So that was the inspiration, uh, for that. Uh, you know, I, I stay at home with my now two sons and I love fantasy football. So Duff fantasy father on Twitter, check me out on dynasty happy hour, check out the Patreon page for that trophy time. Uh, on all your major podcast networks. And then uh, you can also check out tffgurus.com. Lots of great content there from myself. I write about DraftKings every single week during the season. We've got some dynasty content as well. But if you're big into redraft, that's where we kind of uh, we fill our niches in the redraft space. Check out
1: tffgurus.com.
0: That is awesome. Jerry, anything before we uh, take this thing
1: home? Uh, No. Send in your emails to Andy so I can get you in the listener league. And those that are in the listener league with me, Thank you for making it easy, those of you that are in it and drafting now.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, Jerry, you can give us a little bit of report on that Listener League later in the week. Remember, we're on ClipCast, at Clip underscore cast on Twitter. Um, I know uh, the Dynasty Happy Hour guys are on there as well. There's still a player's name in there. uh, do Todd Gurley, Christian Kirk, whoever... And it will take you to not only the Dynasty Warzone or the Dynasty Happy Hour, but to any show that is affiliated with Clipcast that has content on Todd Gurley or, or whoever you're looking for. Um, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis. And remember, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We will catch you next week.